you were the one that said to me, you know, I think that you would be diagnosed with borderline. And that was a terrifying thing to come to terms with. It has brought on waves of confidence, waves of knowing I'm in the right profession because I'm helping people like myself. But then at the same time, it reinforces this imposter syndrome. Who am I to help other people when I have such challenges myself? The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. If you're a first time listener, well thank you very much for joining us. It's been a while since Courtney and I sat down and discussed a topic. We've been interviewing some really wonderful leaders and participants in the psychedelic community. In this episode, we're discussing a condition that everyone suffers from, imposter syndrome. That's right, folks. You're faking it. You're a fraud and everyone knows it. And so am I. But no, seriously, we're all just stumbling our way through trying to figure this game out. Even myself, I have administered over 3,000 doses of psilocybin and I still feel like a complete novice. How did I get here? I can't believe that people think that I am a professional psychedelic facilitator. Well, the fact is, I am. And the fact that I'm able to acknowledge my imposter syndrome might even make me a better one. What do you think? And if you're already feeling like you don't want to listen, well, you might be just the person that needs to listen all the way to the end. Everybody experiences imposter syndrome. It is okay. It's those that aren't willing to acknowledge it that we've got to worry about. In this conversation, we share our own personal experiences with this condition and what it's been like working with other people who are either willing to or unwilling to explore this reality of being human. Nobody knows what's going on, folks. It's okay. Let it go and enjoy the ride. I hope you enjoy this episode. Before I hop off here, though, I want to remind you to come and be on psilocybin with me, won't you? Every Monday night, 7 Eastern, it is a live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn all from Psilocybin Says pages, except for Facebook and LinkedIn, both streaming from also my personal page. If you'd like to join the live conversation and discuss, hmm, wow, really anything about psilocybin or anything that psilocybin has influenced in your life, this is completely open forum. Last week we talked about dosing, shared some anecdotal crazy experiences, particularly the one where I sweated blood on mushrooms. And yes, that is a condition. And yes, it really did happen. I had a, a gentleman from Australia share his perspectives around religious use with psilocybin and much more. I do hope you will join Tristan and I for those conversations. They are proving to be really enjoyable and really valuable. So come share your value with the world or your curiosity, or your ignorance. It's all okay. Remember, we're all just faking our way through this thing, folks. So I'm going to stop 
faking like I know how to do a podcast intro and just let the conversation run. Takes a little bit to get going. We're a little bit out of practice in these one-on-one convos, but man, I love talking with my wife and I think you might enjoy listening to us. You feel like a podcast imposter? Yeah, I feel like an imposter right now. The good thing about podcasting is anybody can do it. All you gotta do is keep doing it and then you're a pro. Anybody can do it, but can anybody do it well? No, not anybody. I'm not. still not sure that I do it well. Yeah, well, that's part of the uh, imposter syndrome, right? Why is this important? Why are we talking about this? Was this your idea? Yes, it was my idea. That okay, we so, then, topic. so then I'd like to hear you talk about what had you come up with this topic? Because I feel like one. Because I go through it. I've gone through it um, th- throughout my life. I'm trying to think like when was the first time I felt it. Probably when I started teaching. When I had a classroom. Um, I was substituting for a while. And before that, or at that time, I felt very much like, oh God, I am not a teacher. And when I had a classroom and I was there for several years and still felt that feeling surface. I mean, I can I can look back through all of my professions as a mushroom cultivator when I was doing workshops and when I was doing um, speaking at kind of conferences. Felt like the jig is up. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to find out. I don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. And it's incredibly prevalent at times and working in the psychedelic space. Even yesterday when I was doing that uh, phone call with Vice, it was like, what you know, makes you good at this? They, they weren't like challenging me, but it was kind of like, how, how did you get in this position mm-hmm. kind of thing? You know, yeah. what's, your, what's your creds? Yeah. It's possible that maybe like self-taught professionals in various careers experience the imposter syndrome more but Mm -hmm. it's it's across the board i was watching a uh, video yesterday talking about this a ted talk where a lady who had worked for disney i mean she was highly trained she -hmm. was an animator uh, had been in creative arts and through all the universities and had all the credentials that you could ask for but she still felt like you know, someone was going to find out that she didn't know what she was doing mm-hmm. when she was working at Disney. Um, so, yeah, it, I heard that Albert Einstein and Maya Angelou till mm-hmm. the end of their life were saying, like, I don't I don't know how I'm here. I yeah. don't like I don't deserve all this recognition. And yeah, Maya Angelou, she was like quoted saying something to paraphrase or something like after she published her first big book that she just knew that that was going to be what revealed to the world that she was a phony so yeah like you're saying those in self-taught professions or really any innovator i mean if you're an innovator and you're entering into a niche market then you're probably doing something that you don't mm-hmm. have any training know how to do in <laughs> which is part of which is part of building something new that nobody's ever done before that could be highly valuable to people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's meeting a need that isn't being met. So 
but even as a parent, you know, like that's something that everybody, well, you know, the vast majority of the world's population becomes parent, becomes a parent at some point, even though we're built for it. Very often I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. All these parenting 101 guides. (laughs) I don't think I've read any of those. Uh, There's you had some how to have a baby book stuff going on. (laughs) How to have a baby at home. That book was extremely helpful. That was more stories from women who had babies at home. Mm, To this dog. Ronnie, your dog, I love you. (laughs) Our dog's sitting, y'all. It's a different dog. This is a really exciting conversation we're having. (laughs) Easing back into the podcasting thing. Well, it's the first time you and I have had a conversation here for quite some time. I've been having conversations with other people and recording those and uh, you know, love both. I love I love both formats. I love when we're just sitting here talking about things that are important to us. I'm I'm really distracted by the dog, though. That's honest to God's truth. Uh, I'm really distracted by the fact I feel like I'm constantly going to cough. Yeah. I'm trying to hold it back. Well, this is going to be one of our best episodes yet. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's on the other side of the of the imposter feeling? Why does it happen? And then once we get through it. How do we get through it? What's it look like? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind when I think of this experience, when I recall all the times that I have this experience, like every day throughout the day Mm -hmm. in various categories of my life, work, parenting, being a woman, being a person, trying to be a good person, wondering if I'm doing it right, feeling like I'm doing a horrible job. What I've been trying to reorient myself to when I have this experience, the imposter syndrome experience, is refocusing on me not being separate from everyone else. Like, I am separate, but I'm not. The reality that I'm I'm one with god or my creator the all everyone else who all these people who i've i look up to and see as very successful people like i'm made of that same force that they're made up of Mm. and when i can remind myself that i'm i am god in that way that i am just as powerful as and it's not an ego thing it's like a like a faith thing like a faith that not even a faith but like a a trust that if i'm made up of the same stuff that this person over here who i really look up to and i see is very successful is made up of as well then that means that I can do great things just like they can. So Mm. like they must feel these similar ways. Mm -hmm. And if I just trust that I'm in the place that I need to be at and I'm like, I'm one with my creator, then that like that helps a lot. I guess I'm trying to get to like, I feel like what's wrapped, one thing that's wrapped up in imposter syndrome is this feeling of being separate, like separate from 
everybody else. Mm. I am not as good as this person over here mm-hmm. that I look up to. That can't be me. But it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it sounds like an equality thing. Like we're all we're all equal, we're all humans, you know. So everything that you can do is also within me as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get that. I, I I tend to think about it in terms of everybody's faking it. Everybody is faking it. All of you out there listening, you're faking it. I know. It's okay. It's okay. Because the truth is nobody knows what the hell is going on. Nobody knows. And mushrooms have been really valuable to helping me reconcile that. Also working with very outwardly successful people who have acknowledged to me that they don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. has been very valuable. Um, But I guess in myself, there's just always been this kind of determination that like whatever I want to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to probably look like a fool at certain points. And that's just the price that we pay for mastery or for gaining the experience that we desire. Yes. And there's a spectrum of faking it. There's the point where you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I have a vision and I'm, moving towards that vision and my intentions are to be of service and I got a lot to learn. That's like one side of the spectrum of faking it. And the other side of the spectrum is like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Trust me. Like, like in, in lying and saying like, yeah, I'm experienced enough and like, I can do this knowing that you actually, actually don't have any experience. Mm -hmm. That's like a different type of faking it. Mm Mm-hmm the fake it till you make it thing. Like it's, it's real. Like that's a real thing. I'd like to reframe that term though, because particularly in the psychedelic professional psychedelic community, there is currently an issue as I would think in most industries, there's an issue like up and coming industries where there's a lot of people who have been in it since before it was an up and coming thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of people, more people probably definitely more people who see this new and shiny thing that they're drawn Mm -hmm. to and they want to get in it quickly. And so Mm -hmm. they really fake it. Yeah. Oh God. So I want to distinguish the difference Mm -hmm. between being humble Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. recognizing Mm -hmm. that, Hey, I'm the like I'm a pioneer here. Mm-hmm. So excuse me for all the mistakes I'm about to make, mm-hmm. but my intention is to be of service. Mm. Versus versus hey, I see an opportunity to cash in and Yeah, I'm going to take opportunity of people's capitalize. and Okay, so like we are all imposters and hopefully most of those out there who are impostering like me, right? Uh, have good intentions or are willing to acknowledge that they don't know how they got into such a position of authority or responsibility. Mm -hmm. How do we distinguish between like the good imposter versus the bad imposter? Because a lot of times the, the, the bad imposters are the ones that look the best and they sound the best and they're so convincing and the, good imposters are acknowledging their faults and failings and for some people that 
can create a sense of distrust or doubt in that person, perhaps, but also a sense of authenticity. So mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you determine when someone is faking it to make it or faking it to take advantage? Like you just said, the element of authenticity, like tell me about the mistakes that you've made. If I'm not hearing you mm. own up to mm. your own shit mm-hmm. as being a human, mm-hmm. that's an immediate red flag for me that I have ignored in the past and it's gotten mm. me into trouble and mm. us. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, being desperate for a certain person to fulfill a certain role and them looking really good and put together and saying all the right things and Mm -hmm. out of desperation, ignoring the fact that they're not talking at all about their own personal or struggles baggage, like current and like beyond that, like current baggage. Mm -hmm. I know there's some people that are willing to talk about the past Mm -hmm. all day long Mm -hmm. and all their mistakes, but we'll say, but that's all behind me and I've I've like I've got really nothing to work on now. Mm-hmm. I'm in I'm almost to enlightenment I've type of it, attitude. I've made it through all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm much more sensitive to that now. Like I want to hear you obviously not complaining about mm. your life, right. but saying like, "Hey, I'm owning up to my shit right now. Like this is an area that I would really like help in mm-hmm. because I've got a lot to learn. Um, you know, b- and conveying confidence, like mm-hmm. there's a difference between conveying confidence and being able to get help and then conveying confidence and like, I don't need any help. Mm-hmm. I'm good and everything type yeah. of attitude. So that kind of authenticity to me, feels like a good type of imposter like Mm. so then i'd like to bring up something that's recently for me been a thing you know when i posted that video um about the bpd stuff and you know for listeners out there who maybe aren't checking out the sanctuary youtube uh and i've done we've done some stuff on the soul seven says youtube or i have anyway talking about some of my personal struggles this has been I've been very willing to talk about my uh, shortcomings and my challenges, but really only in the last year and a half have I even become aware of this particular issue, uh, consciously aware. I knew I was, you know, man, I've been, I've had some very serious depression for uh, years, and I talk, I've always been willing to talk about that. Um, I've been willing to talk about my uh, you know, struggles with suicidal ideation, um, and struggles with, you know, alcohol or substances, but I never really had a, a category to put it into until, you know, really you, I mean, you were the one that said to me, you know, I think that you would be diagnosed with borderline and that was like a terrifying thing to come to terms with and to dig into. And only recently have I been starting to talk about it personally and after really looking through what constitutes a borderline personality and seeing that, well, nine out of nine, that's me. Um, And it has brought on waves of 
confidence, waves of knowing like, okay, I'm in the right profession because I'm helping people like myself and I'm helping people who are in less pain than me, you know, and I've been able to get through some really dark stuff. Uh, but then at the same time, it, it reinforces this, this, um, you know, imposter syndrome. Who am I to help other people when I have mm-hmm. such challenges myself? Um, and that, that's been probably the, if anything has brought this topic to surface of my awareness, this, this imposter syndrome thing, it's, uh, it's been this acknowledgement of this condition that I have been living with my entire life. As far as back as I can remember, I've been you know, having these types of thoughts and feelings that are associated with this experience. I'm glad you brought this up. Like in the video that you made talking about this, you, you know, the main point, the main takeaway that I got from that video was that this can be seen in different lights, like just taking borderline personality disorder as an example that can be seen as like a condition, quote unquote, like an issue. And there are, there's, there's pros and cons with everything, right? Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of cons and there's also plenty of pros that go with it. Mm -hmm. So like acknowledging that there's both sides because we often forget about the positive side of someone's condition like when people talk about borderline i've heard i've i've got several friends that have been diagnosed as borderline by multiple therapists and psychologists and i've only ever heard them talk about the negative parts about it like this is a problem that i have this mm-hmm. and i want to get rid of it mhm And so I really appreciated that in that video that you made, you talked about it also being a gift, Mm -hmm. um, which feeds into this conversation about imposter syndrome and like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, look at me doing it. (laughs) Like (laughs) I have the nerve, like I have the courage to put myself out here. And figure things out as I go along. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's a great thing about even experiencing that imposter syndrome is like recognizing that I'm doing something that I don't know really what I'm doing. But look at me go. <laughs> look at me do it. <laughs> um, again, I think it comes back to recognizing that nobody really knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you get certain levels of skill and here's the thing is if you are actually pressing yourself to grow and to move into new territory and out of your comfort zone then you're going to consistently experience that sensation of Mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm doing or i'm an imposter so right that's that's like it's actually a sign that you're doing good in many ways yeah talking about it's really important like just 
talking with yourself and people close with you about the feeling of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, that's, really important. that's such a, when I look back on the situations that have been, um, that have turned problematic, pretty consistency, consistently I can see kind of two motifs. Someone who didn't know or who, who would not acknowledge that they were faking it, that they, who would not acknowledge that they didn't know, who just constantly pretended like they knew, right? Or people who have been like, I don't know, do it for me. I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing, will you do it for me, kind of thing. Hmm. Like afraid to figure out how to do it themselves? You know, like there's a situation I've been in here, you know, for the last few months Mm -hmm. trying to work through, and it's like, you know, the person who was, who who committed themselves to taking on and developing a skill set that they didn't have before, right? They, instead of saying okay i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but i'm gonna figure it out their perspective has been i don't know what i'm doing i need you to do this for me even though they said they would do it themselves there you know and the agreement was okay i don't know what i'm doing you're gonna teach me what you can and then i'm going to figure it out Mm -hmm. and instead it's been i don't know what i'm doing you need to do it for me and then there have been instances where, you know, people have portrayed themselves as much more knowledgeable and skillful than they really were and would never admit that they weren't, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas the relationships that have worked out and are much more the relationships that I see us getting into with Sanctuary and the people that we're working with are people who are saying, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to figure it out. And that's what I want to work with. It's this whole recognition of I'm an, I am an imposter. That makes you not actually, actually not be an imposter. I feel like that's been so many of my mushroom trips, like allowing myself to feel that coming to this point of, oh, this feeling that I have so often that I'm doing it wrong and like experiencing this like God's perspective of like, yeah, like, Hey, I'm God. I'm doing it wrong too. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm like the highest power there is. And everything in between doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good job. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> that's a pretty pretty great feeling Mm -hmm. like oh I'm not the only one ever in the world that feels like I'm just faking it all the time (laughs) I wonder how much that can be remedied and maybe that's what you were just saying early on like just acknowledging that like we're we're God and like, we don't know what's going on. No, no, but life doesn't even know what's going on. It's figuring it out as it goes. It's hence evolution. You know, like the dog is pretending like it's the 
best manifestation of this form, yet as time goes on, it will continue to change. It's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but... I need you to repeat that. I'm just thinking like any physical form. There are very few physical forms like a crocodile and a turtle haven't changed much for millions of years. Right. But other forms of life in the moment you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, that animal really knows what it's doing. Look, it's got a, you know, an anteater has this long tongue that it can stick down inside of the mm-hmm. ant burrows and stick the ants to blah, blah, blah. But if you fast forward a million years, that animal is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of pretending God is just pretending to know what it's doing as it figures it out along the way. Yeah. Totally. I There's sometimes in the car I'm driving where usually it's at stoplights or stop signs. I'm sitting there and I catch a glimpse of someone driving in their car and they just look so serious. Like either they're like looking so serious or they're annoyed with something or someone else on the road. And I, I get this flash of one, like, 2000 years ago and like if we only could see this scenario of modern day 2022 driving on the road how good the roads are how advanced the stop signs are they're on timers they're like look at all these amazing cars if we could just reflect back on what that might feel like to see a futuristic image of now Like, what that emotion would even feel like to be told, yeah, this is going to be in 2,000 years. With that perspective, it is so funny that we can be so serious. And so, like, that road rage is even a thing (laughs) in 2022. Like, Wow, talk about some exaggerated imposter syndrome, right? Like, I'm the best driver. Who the fuck are you? Get out of my way. You don't know what you're doing. Like. Yeah, I don't think that's imposter syndrome. I feel like that's that's some kind of. I mean, arrogant isn't any form of arrogance or pretense. Just like imposter syndrome on steroids. Yeah, kind of like an in an inverted type of way. I guess it would could root from that, like this maybe like unexpressed imposter syndrome, feeling so out of place and unworthy that you. Yeah. Project that on other people. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's just coming to my mind. <laughs> okay. Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Oh, oh yeah. This like, is a good what's topic. what's really behind that? What's really behind that? What insecurity mm-hmm. is actually behind that behavior? And that, to me, is yeah, like an exaggerated form of imposter. Because, like, if you are mm-hmm. in a role of whatever authority or whatever it is and you are really feeling that sense of being an imposter and you're not willing to acknowledge that and sit with that feeling what are you going to do you're going to double down right yeah i'm not an imposter i know every i know what i'm doing i i felt like when i saw when that happened my kind of initial 
response to it was, oh, he's smacking his wife through Chris Rock. Yes, I my, that was pretty close to my initial thought, which was there's clearly some insane amount of tension between him and his wife that he felt like he had to get up and smack this guy on stage on one of the biggest award shows mm-hmm. of the year. How much more empowering for him and his wife, I would think, mm-hmm. to... For the camera to pan to them after Chris Rock made that comment about her hair mm-hmm. and just like have Will Smith be like stone cold, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. expression mm-hmm. wise, like this is not OK with me right now. Mm-hmm. This is not amusing. I'm not OK with it. Mm-hmm. And even for him to just leave it at. Don't like leave my wife's name out of your fucking mouth or whatever he said. Mm. That alone would have been in way more empowering mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than moving into the physical um, um, realm of that. Like, mm-hmm. I was listening to is, it, is his name Sean King. Mm-hmm. He went live on Instagram and he was talking about that, and he's I mean he's kind of like. A celebrity when it comes to mm-hmm. um, black empowerment mm-hmm. and activism mm-hmm. and his main comments were you know by doing that by moving into the physical that is yeah it's it's weakness that's like that's mm-hmm. the that's the issue that mm-hmm. we have right now that every single day I'm like trying to educate not only i'm trying to educate everybody about is that it's not helpful (laughs) it's never helpful unless you're physically threatened unless somebody's actively trying to punch you or something to respond physically Mm -hmm. even if it is just a slap that's Mm -hmm. such a when you're in communities that are don't have emotional regulation, Mm -hmm. the ability to emotionally regulate like the projects, like you don't really have the skills because you're trying to just fucking survive Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. to emotionally regulate. So getting slapped by another man (laughs) will probably lead to, like you shooting them if you're in a scenario where you cannot emotionally regulate Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, actually like this is getting deeper for me as we go on. As I think back on, you know, um, certain situation that we found ourselves in a while back and we were, um, you know, attacked and looking at that and seeing it as a very blatant manifestation of this misdirected imposter syndrome, you know, mm. like this person felt so insecure in their ability to be authentic and to manage whatever's coming up in the moment in a, in a calm and rational and intelligent way. And 
use that as a or or their extreme response was an attempt to defend their own insecurity of being found out to be an imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very obvious to me now. Oof. And I feel, I feel yeah. for that person. Like I mm-hmm. actually feel for, cause that's an incredible level of insecurity mm-hmm. to have to put on such a front and to threaten and endanger others in order to maintain your shell of moral superiority your your i mean shell it's 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 false it was not i want to ex- i want to be able to accept my feeling of being an imposter it, it is empowering it's it's it it doesn't necessarily feel like it in the immediate you know and it's just like this whole bpd thing it's like it doesn't feel empowering in the immediate to talk about it and to acknowledge it but as i go on and sit with it and really like acknowledge my ability to be real and be authentic it does become empowering this topic right here is one of many reasons why community is vital for mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. and one intention why at sanctuary where we are creating more safe and supportive spaces to get together in person mm-hmm. and like intentionally talk about the stuff that is so scary mm-hmm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. And when we find ourselves in, in situations like our workplace or our home where we don't have the skills, we don't have, we weren't taught how to communicate things like we grew up maybe in a home where it's not okay to talk about your weaknesses Mm -hmm. that makes you look weak that makes you vulnerable therefore we don't talk about that Mm -hmm. then we don't learn that it's okay to talk about our weaknesses it makes us stronger Mm -hmm. and like that's where a lot of us in the world are at Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. not having the skills to communicate simple feelings Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's really important to me and I know us with sanctuary to provide that space to just like practice Mm -hmm. just practice where do you feel most like an imposter in your life right now um (laughs) just pick one <laughs> There's like, so many areas. Uh, <laughs> um probably with the coaching, I feel like you know, like we are offering different uh coaching opportunities, group coaching and private coaching and that's where like half the time I feel really confident about it. And like, I love, like, I love seeing people. I do it because I love seeing people grow. Mm. It's so rewarding Mm -hmm. to be there in the presence of someone who feels safe enough to share authentically and like release baggage they've been holding on to. And 
like help give that person hope for themselves Mm -hmm. and like remind them of all the positive and amazing things about them. I love that. That's why I enjoy being a coach. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I have days where I'm just like, I just don't know what the fuck is going on. Like it is hard for me to encourage myself right now. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to think positively right now. And those are the times where I'm like, what what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Thinking that I can encourage somebody else when I just can't find the strength to encourage myself right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where that's where it is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, I know you are like, good at it. You are really good at seeing I mean even in yourself you are able to bring yourself out of low points so much faster than most people. Definitely me. Um and you're very good at seeing the positives in Pretty much every situation. It's very seldom that you get down for more than like a few hours, three or four, three or four hours. You know, that's pretty yeah, significant. It's true. Yeah, it's pretty significant. Yeah. I like I know I'm good at it. I know I'm good at seeing the light mm-hmm. I've, I've had through like growing up. Like my parents are very positive people for the most part, like always trying to find the silver lining. I had like Mm -hmm. 10. My mom was always giving me books as a kid, like about positive thinking and ways to improve our life by focusing on what we can do, Mm -hmm. what we do have control over. And that like with any athlete gets trained that it's 90%, at least 90% mental. And like 10% mm-hmm. physical. Mm-hmm. Anything that's physical that happens, it's a manifestation of what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. So I know I've had a tremendous amount of training on like mental navigation. Redirection. World, so. And, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not faking it there, but I am faking it in that like as, as I grow. I'm presented with new challenges in ways to reframe situations. So where are you feeling most most like an imposter? Uh, I think when people look at me like I'm an entrepreneur, like I'm a business entrepreneur person. (laughs) Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to running business. I'm great at ideas and I'm great at <coughs> exploring possibilities. Um, but I am, I don't feel like I'm good as a leader. And I feel like that. I'm, and in large part because of the fact that, you know, like you, you said for yourself, but maybe a little more exaggerated for me is just feeling like I have such a hard time getting myself out of the hole um, and finding that sometimes finding that you know strength in myself and even as I say this I feel like I'm probably like um, pushing people away 
you know, mm. and that people are gonna, are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like, oh God, I don't want this guy supporting me in a psychedelic space, or I don't want this person trying to encourage me when he has a hard time encouraging himself. But what I do find is that when I am encouraging others and supporting others that I feel better about myself and more confident and capable in my own ability to come out of those spaces, you know? Yeah. What I've seen, it's like hearing you say that from my perspective is whenever you tell me that, like, what am I doing leading, like being a leader? How am I in this role? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, How, mm-hmm. this isn't me. What am I doing? I, it takes me aback because it's so, to me and to so many others, you're just naturally, like people just naturally look to you. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Eric, like, give me some feedback here. Like, it's just kind of an energetic like natural inclination that people have to um, get feedback from you mm. and respect your feedback that you give. And in such a big part of that is your ability, like we were talking about earlier, to say, like, I life is hard. And like, I know. I know it's hard. I get it. I really intimately get it. And being able to admit that you go through shit too, because otherwise, how are people going to believe you? Mm. If you are always like, life is great. Like, I don't have any problems. Like, I'm all good. I don't talk about my issues. Then... It may be good. It may be fine at first when, you know, when we're talking with somebody who's like, everything's great at first, it can feel great. Mm -hmm. But then it starts to feel like, hold on, you're hiding something. Mm -hmm. What, what Mm -hmm. I can't really trust that. How am I going to get advice from somebody who, who has not experienced this themselves? It's kind of like if I were to turn to a friend without kids for parenting advice Mm -hmm. i just i just wouldn't first of all like (laughs) why am i asking you for advice on how to parent my kid you Mm -hmm. don't you're not a parent hold on Mm -hmm. it just becomes blatantly clear very Mm -hmm. quickly Mm -hmm. that somebody doesn't know yeah i mean logically that all makes sense but when you're Mm -hmm. you know on the inside of it and you're already feeling Mm -hmm. lack of confidence or not feeling like really like you're not fooling yourself. You're, you know you're not fooling yourself. It's kind of like the therapist we just h- hired recently. Yeah. I kind of felt like by session four, I was like, hold yeah. up. You haven't said one thing. Yeah. Like yeah. relating so to true. me that you understand. Yeah. And I'm just starting to feel like one, you're judging me. Mm-hmm. I just felt very judged. And it's a good point. It just. That's yeah, like point. you just feel that from people. Mm-hmm. They don't have to say things that are directly judgmental, mm-hmm. but when they're not mm-hmm. sharing that, yeah, you know who that comes up. Who I feel that around was uh, Christina, like Christina Ingenito. I always felt like she didn't 
necessarily like share her own personal pain, but you could, I could feel in her response to others that she had been through her own share of pain. Oh yeah. You know, and then there were other therapists that we worked with who just kind of maintained this like level of stoicism, you know, and this kind of, um, kind of surface level compassion without any real sense that they had been really like vulnerable and real themselves. So you're you you're saying just to clarify that you felt that Christina very much you f- did not feel judged. You no, felt like yeah, very no, seen no. and that I felt she like when I saw her working with other people or mm-hmm. when I shared with her some of my challenges, you know, she didn't necessarily share real specifics about her own thing. I mean, sometimes she did when it was just me and her talking, Mm -hmm. but you could tell that she, she'd been there. Yeah. You know, and that's not what I felt in that therapist that we had, that you and I had, it didn't feel like, Oh, I get it. It's tough. I've been there. It felt like, okay, well I understand you're having a hard time, but, Let's see how we can get through this. Maybe you can change your behavior. Maybe you can. Yeah. Very like textbook responses instead of heartfelt. Being from the heart. Yeah. 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 And that's maybe the biggest indicator. You know, these so many times these things are subtle and really hard to distinguish in and of themselves. It's more about the sense of the person you know, and people can also kind of inauthentically share their weaknesses in an attempt to win people over, but there's still a kind of like coldness to it. There's a lack of heart centered. It's a very intellectual, I'm sharing with you my hardship so that you know that I have experienced hardship, not like I fucking feel you. Yeah. And it's like, like the real. willingness to be vulnerable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability is not just words and actions. It's the feeling that you feel when someone is actually open around you. Mm-hmm. And that yes. stuff's hard to fake. Like, you know, the feelings are hard to fake. And I, I, yeah. I, I do. I think, you know, you brought this up earlier. I think you were talking more in terms of like, corporate psychedelics and how you know the the kind of some of the people who are becoming center stage for psychedelics um being not necessarily really authentic and vulnerable and not acknowledging their imposter hood but when it comes to working with someone in the psychedelic space i don't know that there's anything more important i don't know that there's any trait or characteristic that is more important than than the person that you're with being truly able and willing to be vulnerable themselves Mm -hmm. yeah that's one thing like as soon as you say that benedict comes to my mind Mm -hmm. feeling like i it's a combination of things it's not just, I mean, somebody can't just be like completely vulnerable without any stability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that doesn't feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> but like Benedict um, is somebody who I've always felt like 
if I need someone to support me like a woman mm-hmm. in the mushroom space, mm-hmm. I'm going to call you because yeah. you are real. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me what you're seeing in like a loving way mm-hmm. because you've been there mm-hmm. so many times. So true. And she'll and, tell you when she's feeling down and she's like, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in this tough place right now. And yeah, she, it's a great example. And we've worked with a lot of really wonderful people who have, who really mm-hmm. have been so, so real. And we're seeing more and more of those people in our lives, which mm-hmm. feels so good. Yeah. And I, I do recognize, you know, when I think about myself, like I have had some very very dark periods but i've always been um i feel like i've always been solid even still you know even when i am having whatever whatever it's been i feel like there is a core to myself that is stable and solid and knowing and and you know um so yeah if you were just completely authentic as far as admitting all of your shit but then being like totally unreliable (laughs) nobody would look to you as a leader Mm -hmm. i mean like people can feel the energy of like I know I don't know, and that's okay. Mm. I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. faith in the process, and I've got great energy people on my side. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. Yeah. I know I don't know, and I'm also good with that. I'm yeah. good. I think that that's the key to overcoming the imposter syndrome. It's just I know that I don't know, and it's okay that I don't know. It's the... I don't know, and I can't let anybody know that I don't know. Yeah, that's where it gets yeah. hella messed up. Yeah, yeah. Watch <laughs> out for when, those people. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. And if you're one of I those people, I feel like I went you know, off of you. We, we can shift that. Yeah, it's okay. You have the ability to get out of there. Just what really helps me, because I, it's not like like I get in that place where I'm like I can't let anybody know that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I I see that like when I'm lucky mm-hmm. <laughs> or not lucky, but it's not always so easy to get out of that space. I feel like that mm-hmm. is, that's a part of the mushroom space. It definitely is for me. And I know a lot of other people go through it, this sense of kind of like paranoia that like, I know that I don't know. Oh my God. Like, is it so obvious? Can you see it all over me? Oh my God. Like, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes it lasts longer than other times in the mushroom space. Mm-hmm. And it's, as we know, it's all the time. It's not like the mushroom space just mm-hmm. bring like it appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's there already, but we experience it more in front of our face in the mushroom space. And um, where was I going with that? Just like we experience that and we can navigate out of it. I don't know what I was going to say. I just got You're like, like doubling down on the I don't know. Or yeah. I know I'm not. I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on here. Where I, where I experience that is, is is as a parent. You know, when I'm like, and you've been it really invaluable at helping me move through that and acknowledge that I don't know as a parent what the fuck I'm doing. Like, okay, let's back up and rethink this thing. 
you know, where I'm like, oh, this is what's going to happen, kid. You're going to do this because I said so. I'm the parent and I know and that's what you're going to do. And they're like, no, fuck you. And I'm like, no, fuck you. And I'm like, I'm like wait a second. Okay. I actually don't know what's best in this situation. Maybe based on the outcome, what I'm doing right now is not the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we all experience that that sensation of fear around letting admitting and then letting other people know that we don't know because it's, it's going to because it's going to make us vulnerable mm-hmm. to get whatever that primal fear is like of being attacked or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. getting hurt or something like that. That feeling of vulnerability can be very scary. So like, it's okay to feel that like you may be feeling it right now. If you're Mm -hmm. listening, like, Oh my God, like realizing, ah, that's what I've been doing for Mm -hmm. all day or whatever. And that's cool. Like it's great to wake up to it and remember that we don't have to feel that way. We can come out of it. We can like, for me, just talking out loud to myself at first can be a great way to navigate through it. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm Mm -hmm. feeling afraid about admitting something that I don't know, just saying it out loud, I'm driving in the car. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk into my phone, like start making a voice recording or something. Videos that we've been dropping the ball on here lately, but as doing those videos, that's been a big, confrontation with me of this imposter i don't know who the fuck cares what i'm saying you know it's a great way to hear to be that other outside perspective for yourself Mm -hmm. by making a video of yourself in your own private Mm -hmm. in the own privacy of your home or car or wherever Mm -hmm. it is i don't know if you saw that video that i did of where i was going into a downward spiral Mm-mm, i'm sure I didn't you didn't watch that. it but you saw that i put it up there but mm-hmm. um it like it was like magic it helped me realize that the things that i was thinking were for the most part not true mm-hmm. like there is an element of truth to it otherwise why would i be feeling that feeling but it is the smallest part and so to be able to talk about it out loud so so valuable and then that, that, that's the that's the fear hurdle that once we can get over that then actually it opens us up to so much so much more possibility and so much more potential to become an expert or become a professional or become you know an authority on whatever the thing is you know like we're putting together this um cleric training material mm-hmm. and I sent that off to a curriculum developer mm-hmm. and the day and it's like oh god this person's gonna see how sloppy <laughs> I am how you know how they're gonna be like whoa what the hell is this guy trying to say yeah but and she'll probably also be in, like astounded at all of the experience yeah she's gonna look at it and be like yeah. oh shit I never thought about all this stuff yeah. there's a lot here to consider and this is a very big project and there's a lot to teach people and it's very nuanced and it's very subtle and blah blah uh so you know when i feel imposter syndrome (laughs) one of the areas i feel it the most Hmm. is when i call our accountant (laughs) oh god that's probably like one of the top five areas where i'm like oh goodness (laughs) Hmm. oh no i want to feel even more like an imposter and then i feel like i'm talking to him and i'm like oh oh 
it's not that bad. Like, it's okay that I don't know all this stuff because, like, most people don't mm-hmm. know anything yeah. about taxes. I want to feel more like an imposter around money. You want to feel yes. more like an imposter? Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I want to have, like, a ton of money and be like, well, who the hell am I? How did I get this? How did I end up like this? <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, what would that feel like? Uh, I'm willing to embrace it. Because then, what can we do? What kind of games can we play? Yeah, we could we could be of service to a lot of people. Mm-hmm, this whole thing. I'm, I mean, we're already doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, all right, well, uh, I guess this conversation is... We can just give up the game that we know we're talking about here and end it. <laughs> uh, for those of you who weren't listening, we don't know what we're talking about. And that's okay. But we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. If you made it this part. Bye. And the beating of the drum.